This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London, Ed. How are you? I'm great. It feels like it's been too long, Johnny. Well, it's been two weeks, which is a long time. A famous British prime minister said a week is a long time in politics, but two weeks is a long time in the markets, is it not? Very much so. Whatever I said two weeks ago, you could just forget it because um, everything's changed. You're tempting me to listen back and play it out to you just to check whether you got it all right or not. But, Ed, we've seen a significant sell-off over the last few weeks, although stocks did open higher this morning as bargain hunters uh, swooped in uh, following that sell-off. But numbers have come down since. Very much so. I, I think overnight we, we saw there was a, a little bit of a a rally uh, that got triggered by the PBOC. Um, they surprisingly uh, delivered a little bit more of an aggressive move with their rate cuts. Uh, they're, they're trying to shore up their property markets. And uh, But like you said, um, I think right now um, in- investors are uh, selling you know, all these rallies that we get. Um, uh, there's still too much uh, uncertainty with the growth outlook, and that's mainly because inflation looks like it's going to remain stubbornly high. And I think the mantra for the markets right now is, you know, sell the rip. Whatever rally we see, there's not a lot of conviction that we're near the bottom just yet. And that's because the Fed is locked in into um, what some people think is an aggressive tightening cycle. So a couple half point rate increases for June and July. Jackson Hole, maybe they uh, adjust that pace. But um, right now, um, it just seems inflation is not going to be easing up as quickly as many were hoping. When you consider the positioning of the market, um, you know, everyone now is just fixated on growth concerns. And the other problem that has really uh, surprised a lot of traders is that the risks of stagflation, the risks of uh, weaker economic growth, uh, many people weren't really believing that. But the data is starting to show signs that even jobless claims rose. Uh, And when you take a look at uh, the housing market, that's obviously peaked. You know, the, um, you know, you're having the best parts of the economy are starting to look a little bit weaker. And the consumer, who's had a lot of money um, in their savings, is starting to use it. Credit card uses is going up. So this robust consumer was supposed to last throughout the summer. And now it's starting to look like, especially on the lower income family side, um, it's not looking too rosy right now. And I think you're going to have a, a market here that is still unconvinced to really uh, buy the dip until people start to believe that the Fed will have a justified excuse to stop tightening so aggressively. And we're not quite there yet. That could happen if risk aversion sends uh, stocks another 5% lower. And and more importantly, not because of that. The Fed, they acknowledge they are looking at the stock market, but no, they care about liquidity. They care about credit spreads. And uh, when you look at that part of the market, which we seldom talk to about, credit conditions should be the focal point for a lot of traders. And uh, I think what you're going to see is that the spreads are widening. If we see a couple more weeks of risk aversion you know, running wild, that would most likely be accompanied with, um, you know, a spike higher here in the VIX. Uh, I think you're, you're probably going to see that uh, credit concerns, um, you know, they're, they're not going to be the same problems that we had in 2008 and 2010, but um, you're, you're, you're going to see that that will probably justify the Fed to, to stop, stop with, um, you know, these half point rate increases and they might, you know, ease up to, to 
a quarter. Um, and uh, so that's why, you know, stocks are very, very uh, interesting right now because some of these discounts are just so attractive. I mean, when, when Apple fell into bear market territory, I, and, you know, obviously they, they, they're really vulnerable to what's happening with China and, you know, all that potential lost revenue because of supply chain issues. Uh, but I think long-term growth, uh, there's still a, a good part of the, the street that is still, you know, long-term loving that stock. And I think investment in the cloud is, is uh, a trend that won't be, you know, changing for the next decade. So I think there's still there a lot of attractive discounts right now, but I think uh, people are, are still nervous that we could see um, another wave of, of uh, panic selling in these next few weeks. But from what you've just said, Ed, it just shows you how quickly things can change. You're now saying that perhaps we won't see a, you know, 50 basis points rise in rates, but 25. Just a few days ago, the opposite was true. With those concerns about, you know, a recession on its way, growth being adversely affected by all the troubles of the world that we have at the moment, it looks like the brakes might be on those high interest rates and that will come as a great relief to some. And just to clarify, I, I still anticipate June and July are half point rate increases. There's no escaping that. I think that the chance of Jackson Hole being where the Fed pivots to a quarter, that has that that is what we might see a major shift in. And if, if, if more of the, the street believes that the Fed is going to be less aggressive, um, you know, that, that, that could be good news for stocks. But um, it, this is, you know, you know, obviously going to be dependent on, on energy, the energy outlook. Um, I think that um, inflation is, is still, you know, the, the number one driver here. And, uh, We'll see. I mean, China is providing more stimulus. They cut rates. You're seeing considerations for how to um, grapple with Russian energy and the potential short-term disruptions that we could see. Um, but but, but I, I still I, I think you're you're probably going to have a a market here that um, is uh, I'm still going to attract um, tremendous volatility because there's there's a, a great divide on where the economy is headed uh, and positioning um, is uh, you could see that most people are being very nimble here so um, I, I think that uh, uh, for the casual investor casual podcast listener they you know this is you know not the time where you 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 take <laughs> you dra- dramatically sh- change your 401k into uh, abandoning equities. I think there's still uh, long-term growth uh, potential here. And uh, but no, this is a moment where traders, you know, active traders should brace for more volatility. I think that's that's a given. You mentioned energy, Ed, but today I've received uh, an updated uh, email from my energy provider. I'm going to be paying two and a half times what I was paying in the previous period for my energy bills which is uh, quite a scary amount actually when you look at the figures i'm sure millions of others will be affected by uh, similar stories let me ask you about the dollar it's uh, it's pretty flat isn't it on the month the dollar is it losing its crown a little i think when you look at the dollar the first thing you, you need to do is you know take a look at well what's happening with treasuries uh the short end of the curve you're you're seeing it looks like the peak is in place um and 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 that has has really provided, um, I think, uh, a little bit more 
of uh, exhaustion in, 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 in the dollar's rapid rise. Um, I think that, uh, you know, it, the long dollar positioning, it, that, that was completely, it, it got stretched. And, and uh, now we're, we're, we're starting to see that, uh, you know, in FX, you could have trends that last for months, years. <laughs> um, but the way the dollar was overbought um, and considering what's happened with treasury yields, um, you know, it it is ripe for um, uh, a correction here, and and uh, I think that um, if if you're if you're seeing more uh, of a steepening of the curve, um, I, th I think that is somewhat expected. But um, I think the, the the dollar should eventually, um, I think, uh, lose uh, some ground when. A lot of these growth concerns um, over inflation fears are eased. So, so I think short term we're we're looking at a a moment where the dollar could weaken a, a little bit more. Um, but um, I think for you know that long term you know you know bullish bet on with with uh, a lot of the European currencies, um, you're you're still not in the clear for that that uh that outlook but uh i, I think you're you're probably going to see most traders that are still skeptical about risk appetite here and more um hesitant to believe that china's little boost of stimulus here and um the, just the, the the set course that the fed has with with tightening that um i think you're, you're probably going to see that um more currency traders are going to gravitate towards that, you know, Japanese yen trade. And um, if if risk aversion continues to um, be the theme, and and if you if you keep keep hearing, um, you know, it's no longer buy the dip for stocks, it's sell the rip, uh, then you know you're, you're you're probably looking at a very strong Japanese yen. So um, I, I think I think you're you're probably going to see that. Um, the, the fears for the market are are not going to ease up. And, you know, as we get through more of this tightening cycle across a lot of the um, major central banks, uh, um, I think that the, the dollar is, is um, it should be supported, I think, um, probably throughout the summer. But um, I think right now, though, we're, we're probably still looking at a, a, um, a little bit more of a pullback here for, for the greenback. Going back to the subject of energy, uh, Ed, what, what do you make of the oil prices at the moment? They just don't seem to want to go down, do they? It is uh, a market that remains tight. There are the the geopolitical and uh, macro backdrop still support higher energy prices, and uh, I think what you're you're seeing is uh, fuel demand is still outweighing all those recession fears. Uh, uh, the, the the oil market is um, I think still um, looking at some massive support at that hundred dollar level, and uh, I think that uh, you're 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 probably um, going to be surprised, but uh, you know WTI trading at a premium to Brent is uh, uh, shows you just how much. Uh, demand uh, we're, we're probably going to see here in the U.S. I, I think, you know, we're, we're just entering that summer peak driving season. There's a big expectation that uh, demand is going to be very robust here, given 
the trajectory of rig counts and the lack of increases we've seen in production, it seems that uh, U.S. is going to see tight supplies for, for quite some time. Exports are going to be struggling. You know, OPEC Plus is just uh, locked in in a, in a very gradual increase strategy, which, you know, has been uh, reaping uh, tremendous revenues for those uh, those countries. Um, and then you, you throw on the cherry on top is, you know, when the West figures out the best approach of, uh, you know, phasing out Russian energy, uh, there are going to be some uh, big gaps of supply disruptions. And that's why um, you're, you're probably going to see prices will remain supported um, here. So so it looks like the, you know, the, the oil market is... Uh, it's still a favorite trade, um, you know, even on down days, you know, you see energy stocks doing pretty well today. Energy is still positive while um, most of the other sectors are, you know, deeply negative. Um, but, but right now, I think, uh, you know, traders uh, um, are, are still looking at, um, you know, whenever a dip emerges for oil, because the volatility is pretty s- severe at times, uh, people are going to just want to buy that automatically. Um, so get used to higher energy bills um, going into the into the winter, and, uh, I, and unfortunately um, that theme is is uh, unlikely to change anytime soon. Well, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> Again, let's have a look at the week ahead. What have we got coming up over the next seven days or so? There is, uh, I mean, over over the weekend the Australian elections are are a big one, uh, but for for me the. There, there are a couple standout events. Uh, you have the flash PMIs for Europe and the U.S. Uh, always important. I, I, I think you know once we start to see those readings uh, head head uh, closer to contraction territory, that will be um, very disturbing. Um, the uh, Reserve Bank of New Zealand um, expected to deliver a rate hike. You know, we have President Biden in the middle of his five-day journey to Asia, meeting various leaders, South Korean president, uh, Japan's prime minister. And you'll see that um, there will be a lot of emphasis on the the war in Ukraine, uh, uh, China's positioning in the South China Sea. Um, And uh, I think, you know, for for a lot of traders, though, we're going to be focused on a lot of the, the economic data that um, is widely expected to show uh, things are getting worse. Um, in the U.S., you have housing data, personal income and spending, more Fed regional surveys, and for the most part, everything is 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 uh, expected to to weaken, with the exception, I think, of personal income. So that's going to be a big focal point. Uh, there's the FOMC minutes, but I think those are going to be pretty much dated because we've heard from Powell recently and um, others, which. It, you know, has locked us in for that uh, half point rate increase for next month. Um, but um, o- overall, I, th- I think you're you're going to see big focus on China's COVID situation uh, and uh, how the EU um, handles uh, the Russian energy situation. And and right now, um, you know, Treasury yields are well off their recent highs. And it'll be interesting to see if, if uh, they continue to attract tremendous demand, which sends the yields lower. So um, that will be a, a big focal point for me. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see intense volatility, most likely. I think uh, the way uh, 
the sensitivity to, to, to reacting to the breaking of so many key technical levels um, will likely uh, keep keep the markets very jumpy uh, over the next, um, probably um, leading up to next month's uh, Fed meeting. Ed, thanks very much for joining us today. Have a very good weekend. Thank you. You too. This is the Oanda Podcast.